when we fear the Lord, it destroys all other fears. The more the fear of God is in your heart, the less you'll be worried about the fear of men. The more I fear God, the more I know God, the more I have his joy, the more other fears start to subside. And you will find when you fear the Lord, you can stand up against the culture. You can stand for the truth. You can talk to people about God. The fear of the Lord sets you free from all fears and the fear of men. I want to talk for a third time on the fear of God. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot, really since the week of power. And I had mentioned it uh, at the start of this series, just that when God moves in a place, one of the things that he does is as he visits people, if they're responsive to him, it will develop in them a fear of God, which the Bible talks about over and over and over again. And we've talked about a fear of God. We've talked about what it does. And it's important because when God begins to move in power, if that fear of God is not embraced by the people, what will happen is they'll cast off restraint. They'll, they'll in the familiarity of God's presence and power, they can find themselves not walking in the holiness necessary to sustain God's work in their life or in that place. And you can see tragic examples of that throughout history. Now, as we've talked about the fear of the Lord, we looked at, number one, what does it mean to fear God? And then looked at six ways to cultivate the fear of the Lord. For the sake of time, I simply want to encourage you to listen to those messages, but let me give you a biblical definition of the fear of God. A biblical fear of God, on the one hand, understands how much God hates sin and fears his judgment on sinful behavior, even in the life of the believer. At the same time, so let me pause here long enough to say there is a place where God disciplines people. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, because they were partaking of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, Paul says, for this reason, many of you are sick and some have even died. Many. So there's a place where God does discipline people and it should concern every single Christian that we don't invite that discipline into our life. And he does it for the purpose, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11, of disciplining us that we might grow in holiness. The psalmist says this, it was good for me to be afflicted that I might learn your decrees, Psalm 11967. So there's a value in that, and I'm you know, some people want to take the fear of God and say, you know what, well, it doesn't mean you're ever afraid. That's not the fear of God. There is a place for a healthy, wholesome respect for the fact that we're accountable to a living God whose eyes burn with fire. And that he has a standard for his people. And while grace is extended to all of us, 
Grace does not preclude the discipline of the Lord, and all of us should conduct our life in a holy manner, and if we don't, should be fearful of consequence. So, a biblical fear of God on the one hand understands how much God hates sin and fears his judgment on sinful behavior, even in the life of the believer, and at the same time, it is a fear that does not turn people from God, but to God as they behold his dazzling beauty, his holiness, his unfailing love, and his majestic splendor, which elicits a response of faith and praise. Let me say this. The devil's work is to promote a fear that makes people want to flee from God. The Holy Spirit's work is the exact opposite, to produce in us a fear that draws us to God. It seems counterintuitive. But what we're talking about is beholding the glory of the Lord. And we could say this, the highest human expression of a fear of God is a deep love of God that would never want to offend him or violate his word in any way. And yet that does not preclude a healthy understanding of God's willingness in love to discipline, which could bring significant discipline on the believer, as we said, Paul said. So the idea is that there's a paradox here. There's a seemingly contradiction between the grace of the Lord on the one hand and the discipline of God on the other, both done and loved by God, that you and I might grow in our understanding of him. Now, what I'd like to do this evening, though, is do something a little different. And we've talked about ways to cultivate the fear of God. We've talked about what it means to fear the Lord. But the fact of the matter is there are, there are great benefits to fearing God. May surprise you because most people have an idea. Well, you know, the Bible, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or Proverbs chapter nine, it's the beginning of wisdom. And most people uh, confine their thoughts to the value of the fear of God to those two areas, which are certainly very significant in and of themselves. But I would suggest to you that if you were to look up fear of God or fear of the Lord or, or fearing God or fearing him, you would find there are probably somewhere around 70 verses that talk about that and they assign a variety of benefits. We wouldn't even have time to go through all of them, but tonight I want to give you several benefits just very quickly relative to the fear of God. Now let me say this. As we talk about the fear of God, what, what brings us to the fear of God, Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah chapter 32. I want to show you this. I will give them a singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me. For their own good, and the good of their children after them. So when you and I walk in a fear of the Lord, the benefits to us are massive. And they're not only massive to us, they're massive to our children. You're leaving a legacy by the way you live. And when you live with a fear of God, you are creating a spiritual legacy for your children that is in, in every way um, impossible to calculate 
and great beyond our ability to imagine. He says, I'll make an everlasting covenant with them. I'll never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me so they will never turn away from me. How's God going to inspire you and I to fear him? He can do it a variety of ways, but look at what it says in the next chapter. Chapter 33, verse 9, they shall fear and tremble because of the good and all the prosperity I will provide. That's interesting, and yet that's very consistent with what we read in the New Testament. Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. How does God want to show who he is? He wants to be good. The Lord, gracious and compassionate, abounding in love. When, when Moses said, I want to see your glory, what is it that God chose to say to Moses as he passed by? He chose to declare his compassion, his mercy, his goodness. So as we look at the benefits of fearing the Lord, it shouldn't surprise us that it includes these things. Let me give you benefit number one, happiness. Happiness. Psalm 112, and there's other scriptures that allude to this. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. I think Proverbs 27 talks about it as well. Who finds great delight in his commands. In other words, it's the person who loves the Word of God. It's the, it's the person who delights in the Word of God. You know, one of the things I started doing uh, probably about 18 months ago, I would just pick up, maybe three years ago, maybe the start of this, I'd pick up the Bible, and when, before I would read, I would say, Lord, help me to love this Word. Help me to love your Word today more than I have ever loved it in my whole life. As I read it, help me to to just see things and enjoy it and love it like I never have before. It's been very interesting because I'm, and I say this not like, oh, look at me, but I say it because uh, to illustrate the point, I've read the Bible a lot. I'm, 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 I'm approaching 80 times. And when I'm, and I'm, I'm amazed as I'm doing this, as I'm delighting myself in the Lord, my Bible reading is actually taking me longer, but it is so much richer. And I mean, I am just seeing things that even after reading it that many times, I'm just so taken back. And there's a joy that comes. I, I can say this, that especially in the, in the last, uh, just the last, I, don't, I can't put a date on it, but there has been a joy that has just filled my heart. People have said to me, they say, you seem happier. They, you seem happier. What's, what's happening? And I think a lot of it goes to this. You see, the person who fears the Lord isn't the person who grudgingly worships God. They're actually the person who delights in the Lord. They desire to be near God, to please God, to be like God. God is, a happy, God is, God is the happiest person in all the universe, known and unknown. There's nobody happier than God. Listen, what does he say? In your presence, the psalmist says, there is what? Fullness of joy. God is very, very happy. You'll never be happier than God. You'll never be as happy as you could be without God. All that to say this, just so we can understand clearly, the fear of God doesn't make somebody morose. It doesn't make somebody stern. It doesn't make somebody austere. It doesn't make somebody gloomy. If somebody, if somebody is saying, well, you know, I'll fear God, and so it's all very serious business, they've got it all wrong. 
Because when you fear God, it makes you like God, and it has a profoundly uplifting effect. It makes a person very filled with joy. Number two, a fear of God destroys all other fears. This is a great benefit. We could name many fears, but when a person fears the Lord, literally it destroys every, every other fear. One of the biggest fears that people have is the fear of other people. What they'll say, what they'll think, what they'll do, how things will work. We call it, when kids are in school, peer pressure. But it doesn't end when you get out of high school or college. Peer pressure is alive and well in every single adult's life. And the classic signs of people fearing people are you're super sensitive to people's comments, to people's views. And, and really for the Christian, the, the telltale sign of a fear of men is you won't share Christ with people. If you won't share Christ with anybody, anywhere, it's because you fear people. You have a fear of men. And so what happens is, when we fear the Lord, it destroys all other fears. The more the fear of God is in your heart, the less you'll be worried about the fear of men, because the fear of men will dissipate as the fear of God increases. Isaiah says this, Isaiah chapter 8, do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear, and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you're to regard as holy. He's the one you are to fear. He's the one you are to dread. And when you have the fear of the Lord in your heart, every other fear subsides. Anxiety subsides. Every other fear you want to name will subside. The more I fear God, the more I know God, the more I have his joy, the more other fears start to subside. And you will find when you fear the Lord, you can stand up against the culture. You can stand for the truth. You can talk to people about God. The fear of the Lord sets you free from all fears and the fear of men. It's good, isn't it? Number three. Friendship with God. Watch this. Psalm 25, the Lord confides in those who fear him. You want God to talk to you? You want to hear from God? You're like, you're like man, I, I would like to, to have a word from God or I'd like God to speak to me. Then fear the Lord. Because when you are, when you are living, and by that we're talking about this, this conscience and this life that says, I don't want anything in my life that displeases the Lord. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to think anything that dishonors him. When you're living that way, what happens is it sensitizes you to the voice of God, but more than that, it catches the notice of God, and God says, that's a person I'm going to talk to. That's a person who fears me, and because they're drawing close to me, I'm going to draw close to them. The message puts it, God, friendship is for God worshipers. They are the ones he confides in. If you want God to confide in you, then fear him. Number four, protection. I love this, Psalm 34. The angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. I love the way that I think it's the New American puts it or the New King James, the angel of the Lord encamps round about those who fear him. I mean, it's like, it's like he's camping around you. It's like he is surrounding you. It, it is, and if he's around you, then he's above you, beneath you, on either side of you, in front of you, and back of you. I mean, you don't have anything to be afraid of. He is going to protect you. Psalm 33, but the Lord watches over those who fear him. 
Listen, when you're fearing the Lord, what happens is it's like all of a sudden you just have a, a secret service detachment around you. I mean, you got the Lord, he's surrounding you. He's watching over you. He's covering you. He's protecting you. It's the end of fear in a lot of areas when you know God is with me, God is watching over me, God is protecting me. The Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. Well, number five, stability. When you and I fear the Lord, we, we could say security, we could say confidence. I love this. He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. And for his children, it will be a refuge. You know, when we were raising our kids, um, this verse was huge for me. Because what it tells you is when you're, when you're raising your children, that, that God is giving you, when you fear the Lord, there is a fortress, there is a security. You know, parents can get very insecure. You know, am I doing right? Should I do this? Should I do that? Listen, when you fear the Lord, it clears up a lot of things regarding parenting. The problem for a lot of parents, honestly, I don't mean this unkindly, is they don't know their Bible, so they don't know what God says, so they can't do what God says because they don't know what God says. When you know what God says, then now all of a sudden it gives you this stability, it gives you this confidence, it gives you this security, and when you are able with confidence to lead your family in a loving way according to biblical principles, it is a refuge for your children. That's what the Proverbs is saying. The NLT says those who fear the Lord are secure. He'll be a refuge to their children. And then another translation puts it this way. The message, the fear of God builds up confidence and makes the world safe for your children. What happens is when you, when, when you fear the Lord, there is a personal security. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Secure parents raise secure children. Insecure parents raise insecure kids. One of the greatest gifts you'll give your children is a confidence and a security that's based on who they are in the Lord because they know you know the Lord. They know you're following the Lord and because you know who you are and they know you're following the Lord, they know who they are. The fear of the Lord gives you great stability. Number six, the fear of the Lord provides provision. Fear the Lord, you as godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. The message puts it this way. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens the doors to all of his goodness. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me, Psalm 50, and prepares the way for me to show him the salvation of God, the deliverance of God. You're worshiping God. You're preparing the way. That's a part of fearing God is worshiping the Lord. But when you do that, you're opening the door to his provision in your life, I mean, it reminds me of what we talked about in Psalms, who, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. If you knew how much God loved you, listen, I don't want to reduce this just to material things, but I, I, you can't exclude material things from it. So the fear of the Lord provides a lot of things that are not, that can't be bought with money. But it doesn't exclude some of the things that can be. 
And the beautiful thing is, when you fear the Lord, he knows what you need, but he's such a generous God, he doesn't just stop with what you need. He oftentimes goes and moves into the desires of your heart, and there's things you might desire that God, in his love for you, because you fear him, decides to make a reality in your life. It's very interesting to watch it. And I've watched other people, I've seen it happen in their life, I've seen it happen in my own life. It's an, an interesting thing to watch. He, he satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like an eagle because there's something about when you know it's from God and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And maybe no one knew, but God knew and God arranged the circumstances to, to fulfill a desire. Why? Because you're fearing the Lord and you love him. Listen, I'm just telling you, God will be better to you than you'd be to yourself. This is why you want to fear him. This is why I don't let anything stand in the way of a wholehearted devotion to God. Whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever it is that's keeping you from just saying, I'm all in with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my mind. I'm going to serve the Lord and love the Lord. Listen, when you do that, God will rain down on you in a thousand different ways. His presence, his goodness, his blessing, all these things. Well, number seven, answered prayer. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Now watch this. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. So again, it, it follows on the heels of what we just talked about. Your desires, that he, he fulfills those. He hears their cry and saves them. So what are you praying for tonight? Listen, when you're fearing God, there is a confidence. You can boldly approach the throne of grace. You can know you're going to get grace and mercy to help you in time of need. Why? Because you fear the Lord and you know there's a confidence that comes to the person who is not having to go through all the gyrations of the enemy attacking them with, well, you know what? Why would God listen to you? Because after all, you said this, you did this, you're this, you're that, you're not this, you're not that. And so some of you never really get into a bold, faith-filled prayer level because you're too busy arguing with the enemy or listening to him. And it goes back to the life that you're living because you're not wholehearted in your commitment to the Lord. Whereas if you fear the Lord, if your conscience is clear before for God and you're serving God with a clear conscience and you're saying, listen, I, I just with all in my heart, as much as I know, as much as I'm able, I, I'm loving God with all that is within me. There is a confidence that comes in walking with God and hearing from God, which is the basis of answered prayer. That's not to say if you're going through those those gyrations and the enemies attacking you, that you'll receive nothing from God. It's just that a lot of times you spend all your time working through that before you'll even ask. Some of you will not come forward for prayer on Sunday because you don't feel you deserve it. Well, who told you that? The enemy. So the enemy runs you, keeps you from knowing the goodness of God, the blessing of God. But if you'll fear the Lord, the enemy's voice will become less and less loud in your life. Number eight, knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord brings knowledge of who he is as our creator, as our redeemer, as our friend, as our Lord, as him as the glorious and majestic king, as him as the loving God. Michael Reeves writes this, the holiness of the sovereign Lord is tremendous, vivid, dazzling, 
Not to fear him would be blind foolishness. Any knowledge of God that is devoid of such fearful wonder is actually barren. The living God is so wonderful, he is not truly known where he is not heartily adored. The fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of the knowledge of God, but it helps us to know ourselves. When I know him, I know me. It's the cure to human pride. Because when I see him and I see his loving nature and his holiness and his purity and how wonderful he is, then I instantly understand how puny I can be, how, how pitiful at times I am in, in attitudes and things. And, and it, it is a way to help us walk in humility and to cry out for him to change those things in our life that are less than he would desire to be and are at times a poor reflection of who he is. The knowledge of the Lord, oh, to know him, that we might be like him. Number nine, wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's where it starts. James certainly says this, James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask of God, who generously gives to all. Actually, in the original, in the, in the Greek, it's the generous gift-giving God. God loves to give people gifts, and he loves to give people wisdom. But if you want wisdom, listen, it's going to start not only with your request for wisdom. And I'm going to be honest with you. Wisdom, there are very few things I would pray for myself honestly. I don't spend a lot of time praying for myself, but there is one thing I ask God for every day. Wisdom. God, I just have to have wisdom. I ask him for that and a fresh outpouring of his spirit. Those two things I, I desperately want in my life. But as you and I fear the Lord, we grow to know him in ways. And, and, and here's why it's so important. More than just wisdom to solve your problem, though the fear of the Lord will give you that. The fear of the Lord gives you wisdom in all these other areas. If God only answered my prayer for wisdom in the areas where I thought I'd need it, I wouldn't get all the wisdom I really need, right? You and I need wisdom in ways we never even thought we needed wisdom, but we benefit from it. When we fear God, he fills us with wisdom. Wisdom to know how to live a godly life. Wisdom to know how to make godly decisions and good decisions. Wisdom to know how to parent children. Wisdom to know how to be a good and a godly spouse. Wisdom to know when to open our mouth and when to keep our mouth shut. Wisdom to create priorities that will serve the kingdom well and advance uh, his, his will in our life. Wisdom to know the difference between the good and the best in life. Listen, you can't do everything. And some of you, because you didn't have wisdom, godly wisdom, you went after good things, but you missed out on the best. You know, Paul prays for the Philippians that they might be able to discern between the good and the, and the best. Because there's, there is a best. And a wisdom that comes from God through the fear of the Lord will so change your life. It will give you wisdom in all the ways you never thought you needed it, and you'll see the value of it. Listen, 
I've just named nine things, and I would suggest to you there's at least 30 things, maybe as many as 50 things that the fear of the Lord will do in your life. Give you a long life, give you a full life, give you a satisfied life. It will give you, it will be a blessing to your children and their children, to your grandchildren. The fear of the Lord does that. The fear of the Lord introduces you to the compassion of God in ways you never imagined. The fear of the Lord causes you to know the love of God in ways you never, I mean, we could go on and on and on. The fact of the matter is though, we just have to fear the Lord.